the success of your position as a relationship manager is going to be on the quality of your relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, the better the relationships are, the better the resources behind those relationships will be employed. So it's it's not about the ask for money. You ask, you you invite people into partnership. Hey everybody, welcome to Next Donor. I'm your host Andy Jones. On Next Donor, we gather practical insights from nonprofit leaders on what it takes to grow your organization and donor relationships. Next Donor is brought to you by Roundtree. I lead Roundtree. We help organizations improve their communications with donors. We create a customized plan and do all the work to execute it. We make it possible for your organization to improve relationships with existing donors and acquire new ones through clear, consistent, and creative communications. Find out more about us at roundtreeagency.com. On today's episode, I get to speak with Andy Weigel, who can be described as a strategic kingdom investor, which is just another way of saying Andy is a financial donor who is very thoughtful about stewarding the resources God has entrusted to him. And he's not just thoughtful, but he is actually now able to tell you uh, his thought process, which is really what makes this conversation great, because it gives you a peek into the mindset of a strategic donor. Andy lives in California, uh, serves on the board of the Strategic Resource Group and Mission Increase Foundation, and we've traveled together even around the world, and I always, always benefit from my conversations with Andy, and I know you will too. So let's jump into my conversation with Andy Weigel. Well, welcome to the show, Andy. Thank you. Nice to be here, Andy. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I've known you for quite some time now, and I know that uh, you have a, a day job leading Realty Trust Group. Uh, so tell our listeners about your day job. What do you do? Yeah, sure. I'm a second generation commercial real estate guy. Um, I grew up mowing the grass and picking up the parking lots as a teenager uh, back in Nebraska. Um, fell back uh, on a business degree at, uh, uh, at at college. I really expected that I'd be in full-time ministry, but uh, the Lord led me into a, a one career guy for the last 35 plus years. Uh, I've been in commercial real estate, um, essentially uh, a- asset acquisition, disposition, financing. That's that, That's my day job. All right. Well, it sounds exciting. It's a it's exciting time. Well, it's not nearly as exciting as the purpose behind it. I do I, I do enjoy the, the the real estate negotiation and all that stuff, but uh, it's it's the bigger picture of the purpose behind the profit that gets me up every morning. That's great. So I, I know you well enough. We've had enough conversations over the years to know that you get deeply involved in just a few organizations. That's kind of your approach. Um, but I'm curious to know, has that always been your approach? And if not, explain to us your development as a donor over time. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely has not always been that way at all. This is a, this is a journey, uh, continues to be a journey, and it's a wonderful journey. Uh, I wouldn't give it up for anything in the world. But uh, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the, the ways that we do what we do come out of uh, the mistakes that we've made of not doing what we're doing, or at least not doing it well. 
Um, so I, I would go back to the process. Um, uh, you know, I gave my heart to Jesus at 15, but I, uh, it was pretty clear that I kept the wallet to myself. And Sandy and I, uh, 30 years ago, went through what I refer to as our 40 months of wandering through the financial wilderness. Um, and that was, uh, you know, at, at the time back in the early 90s in the recession. And, uh, you know, as they say, when the, when the tide goes out, all boats get lower, but why are we on the rocks? Um, and, uh, that, that painful process, uh, led me to understand, I don't know, uh, what I'm doing wrong. I, there's, there are some biblical principles with regards to money and, uh, and, and business that I am either ignorant to or disobedient to, or probably both. And, uh, I need to, I need to figure that out. Um, so, uh, that was the beginning of our, I would call it our stewardship journey. Uh, that when I realized uh, I only have one asset to, to my name, that's my faith in Christ. I get to hold on to it with both hands, but everything else belongs to the Lord. And uh, he holds me accountable for what I do with that. That was the beginning of our uh, uh, journey of generosity, which turned into a journey of stewardship, which turned into uh, my calling as a kingdom investor. Um, so uh, and there's there's lots of lessons over that time of learning um, uh, how to be a good uh, kingdom investor and how to be a really bad one. Well, yeah, no, uh, uh, I think that's very helpful, though, for people to hear that, uh, that there are mistakes made and lessons learned. And like in anything you do in life, uh, you, you kind of grow through the reps uh, and the mistakes along the way. Do we really learn anything if there's not pain associated with it? <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's uh, very painful, uh, but it's uh, the, a God-ordained reality. Um, well, uh, so, you know, you, you get involved in a handful of organizations, and I, I know you well enough to know two organizations you've become deeply involved with, and that's Strategic Resource Group and Mission Increase. Um, so I'm interested to know what was it about those organizations that made you want to get more involved, both in terms of financial resources and even your time? Yeah, I, I think there's there's two things that come to play that um, those two tables uh, were an answer to um, uh, a prayer that I may not have known how to articulate. Uh, one was the principle of just follow the relationships. Um, I'm, I'm convinced that the, the kingdom of God, um, uh, is built on loving relationships without exception. And, uh, when I look at the tables that, that I, I sit at now, uh, I look back, uh, including, uh, you know, our relationship, Andy, yeah. you know, we, we met in Togo, West Africa of all places, um, <laughs> in, in traveling together. And, uh, one of the reasons I'm doing what I'm doing right now in Pakistan of all places is because of my relationship with you and, and yeah. who you connected me with. And, uh, uh, you know, every time I, I either get confused or wonder what I'm supposed to be doing, that principle of follow the relationships, you know, we all meet people, but, um, and, and, and come across, uh, different, you know, connections, but, um, I am absolutely convinced, um, uh, that, that God brings people into our lives or brings, brings us into other people's lives. And, and, uh, there's certain people that he underscores or highlights or bolds in, in a, in a way that just makes you go, wow, I really want to spend time with this person. I want to you know, lean into this relationship and where that goes are, are incredible places that you, you can't, um, anticipate, you can't, um, program it. You can't uh, plan for it. You just see where that relationship is going to take you. So, um, so our uh, both both mission increase and SRG are, are are very much follow the relationship kind of stories of uh, getting to, to to places and doing things that we 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 couldn't have uh, understood otherwise. Uh, the other principle um, is is about collaboration. Uh, the power of, of collaborative models. You know, at SRG, we've got 180 some ministry partners throughout Greater Mena. 
Um, this is a, a table that we had the opportunity to be a part of a much, much larger pool of ministries and organizations and leaders than, than anybody, certainly I, would never have the capacity to be able to be a part of. But because there's a collaborative model in place, uh, we can really scale the impact of our investments and our, res- uh, our, our relational resources as well. Um, so I, I can I can dig dig a little bit more into those two things if possible. But following the relationships and working in a collaborative way through a collaborative model is why I uh, why I, I'm at the SRG and Mission Increase Tables. Yeah, I'd be uh, curious to hear yeah your thoughts on uh, the the Mission Increase model. What was it about that their model that got you excited to get involved besides the relationship? Yeah, uh, well, I, uh, I'll, I'll answer that question uh, by starting with SRG, um, uh, um, and, and it's because of what I had learned through Strategic Resource Group and the power of that collaborative model of, uh, of you know, we're all asking, you know, as, as kingdom investors, we're trying to create value um, uh, with the limited resources that God's given us, and it kind of doesn't matter, doesn't matter how many zeros or commas are behind the, the dollar sign, They're, it's always limited resources that are allocated to us, right? So, um so following the relationship uh, first, um, and then seeing what the model was at SRG, I went, I'm all in. This is this is a, this is amazing. I have to be a part of this, uh, of of uh, of joining with other resource partners in order to share expertise, bring the best expertise to the table. And that doesn't mean that I have to. Uh, engage in all of those relationships. It doesn't mean I have to personally uh, pay all of the sector experts. We can drive the cost of those by sharing those costs uh, and doing that over uh, a place like the Middle East. So I had already learned that at SRG. So when I when I heard um, the mission increase story uh, uh, about what uh, Dale and Gail Stockham were doing and uh, the incredible power of collaboration of going upstream with a whole community of, of ministry partners through teaching, training, and coaching. Uh, when I saw that, uh, I said, I've seen this at work before. I've seen the power of this collaborative model before. Uh, I'd only seen it once before, I could say, with SRG. And so I recognized the power of that and said, this, this uh, does something. Uh, uh, I, 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 I know that the impact of that can be fantastic in the same way that you know, being a part of the right mutual fund uh, with the invitation of being a, a resource partner or an investment partner at the mutual fund, you know, depending on who that ministry uh, uh, portfolio is. Uh, uh, um, uh, whoever man- is managing that portfolio, the opportunity to engage, it can really make the difference in what yeah. your return is, right? Um, so, uh, so, so that's how I got involved in, in, in Mission Increase, because I saw the power of the collaboration. And for me, it, 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 uh, it met a need that, uh, again, my, my passion is to partner in helping to get the gospel where the gospel isn't, which is over there. Um, you know, uh, you know, in many of our corners, we have three churches on every four corners, and uh, there's plenty of gospel resources in my backyard, but it's my backyard. It's my community. And I was, I, I've never been comfortable with the fact that um, I was violating that principle of don't do anything over there that you're not doing here. Which is a is a powerful principle, but it's like yeah. I don't know how I can create value in my own backyard <laughs> when there are so many needs. There's lots of people. There's lots of financial resources, but how can I do something unique that creates value in my backyard? And when I saw the mission increase model again, it was the model that I went, well, we don't have anything like that in our community, and we could we could really uh, so we've we've got 148 ministries uh, at our local community here in, in Southern California, inland valleys. 
um, that uh, that we we could immediately uh, create impact uh, for those ministry partners if we brought the mission increase community to our table. That's great. Uh, yeah, you you're talking about follow relationships. So uh, we met in West Africa. Uh, that's where our relationship started. I introduced you to some people that served to be a very influential relationship. And then you introduced me to Mission Increase. And <laughs> that's great. I, I love I the saw. way that works. <laughs> and so now Mission Increase is uh, here in Chattanooga, where I live. Well, I, I wish I could say my debt is paid in full, but it's not. I'll, I'll forever be uh, grateful for you in, introducing me to Jonathan Mitchell and getting connected in Pakistan in ways that I'm sure you, you didn't even see coming. Yeah. yeah, no, I really didn't. And I'm so happy to see that uh, evolve. So, so, you know, Andy, you know, uh, because you're a resource partner, you get asked to make big gifts to organizations. I'm sure that sometimes those asks go well. I'm sure sometimes they're executed poorly. Uh, <laughs> what sets a good ask apart from others? Uh, yeah, it's, it's a great question. And I'm sure that lots of ministry leaders want to know the answer to that yeah, question. Exactly. Uh, and, and I would go back to, uh, it's all about relationships. Well, two things. One, it's about the quality of the relationship behind the ask. You know, even at, uh, with SRG, we don't ask for, we, we never ask for money. Um, and, and, and I would even say the same with mission increase with our resource partners. I never ask for money. What I ask is for you to consider partnership. Uh, because if you come to the table um, as a partner, well, we know we, we uh, l- let me go back for a sec. Yeah. I remember uh, when I was traveling in India, trying to figure out how to be a good uh, resource partner, mostly by being a bad resource partner and being frustrated by uh, leading with too much money, uh, seeing all of the unintended consequences of, uh, of our generosity, uh, seeing uh, ministry partners in the field, um, uh, creating jealousy and trying, you know, kind of scrambling for relationships in the West and, and uh, all, and, and coming back, having, taking resources in the field and having to come back with resources and the frustration of, of Lord, why can't I just write a check? Why can't, why is generosity so hard? And if it's hard to give a thousand dollars away, you add zeros and commas to that. It's, it, it, yeah. it becomes incrementally harder. And I remember the Lord took me back to, um, uh, you know, First Corinthians, yeah, and he said, Andy, here's the deal. You can give as much money away as you want. Fine. Give it, get, give it all. The problem is it will be of no value to you or to me or to anybody else if you don't first learn how to give your heart away. You have to lead with a relationship and then let the financial resources follow those, uh, those relationships. And, and until you get that cart back behind the horse, um, I won't be able to bless it. And, uh, I thought, so, so I had to repent of that and realize I'm leading with, uh, with what I should not be leading with, which is my checkbook. Um, and, and you go back to the gospels, you know, when, when Jesus sent the 70 out, you know, um, for, uh, for their mission, what did he say? He said, uh, leave your credit card and checkbooks home, go out, preach the gospel and build those relationships with the pro- with the power of the one thing that you have, that is the most important asset. And that's the, the gospel, leave your checkbook at home. So, um, so back, back to your question about what's a good ask, it always follows the relationship. So the quality of the ask will be dependent upon the quality of the relationship behind that ask. Um, and when I, when I meet with a resourcing, um, uh, uh, what are they called? Re- re- uh, relationship managers or how yeah, do yeah. ministries call those things? Uh, when, director, every, developments and- director of development. Right. I, so, so my, my encouragement to them, or maybe it's a discouragement. I, I mean it to be an encouragement, but I said the, 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 um, the, uh, the, the success of your position as a relationship manager is going to be on the quality of your relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, the better the relationships are, the better 
the resources behind those relationships will be uh, ably uh, um, uh, yeah. uh, will be employed. So it's it's not about the ask for money. You at, you you invite people into partnership. Now um, now the other piece of that is uh, what sets a good ask from the others uh, besides the quality of the relationship. There is the issue of the alignment of the calling between. Uh, well, we we don't call them donors because uh, yeah. there's a you know I think when you change the vocabulary, the the mentality of a donor is you just want me to write a check. You come in, you give me the ask, you want me to write a check. We're done. That's transactional giving. Mission mission increase, as you know, doesn't teaches teaches to repent from transactional giving because that's not relational. It's transformational giving. You want to be an agent of transformation in 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 the lives of your resource partners, and so we don't ask for donors. We ask for partners and who who bring uh, and the resources they have is you know they've got um themselves right uh but they can bring prayer they they can bring their network and they do have a checkbook attached to themselves so there's an alignment of calling between resources resource partners and ministry partners that are key to are you asking are you are you inviting somebody into partnership with whom they you are an answer to their prayer because your cause and your ministry behind that cause is something that that resource partner or potential resource partner has been asking God, how do I steward resources into this particular cause? Be the answer to that prayer. Yeah, no, that's great. And I think it's, it's so good for organizational leaders to hear that, you know, really the quality of the ask is about the quality of the relationship. If you know people and you're, you're not um, using them as a checkbook, as a transaction, uh, but really value all that they bring uh, that essentially um, will play itself out in the ask. Well, it, it's a frustrating process, not just because of uh, of the ministry side. It's a frustrating process because most resource partners or potential resource partners, they don't know what their yes is. And you can't say you don't know what your no's are if you don't know what your yeses are. They haven't done the heavy lifting or they're still in the process of trying yeah. to figure out, Lord, what have you called me to be a part of? Uh, and that that requires a lot of intentionality that um, just frankly, a lot of people don't put as, as much effort into yeah. that of knowing what their yes is. And so that leads to donor fatigue. Uh, we get so many asks and asks, and the needs are always greater than, uh, uh, than, 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 um, than the limited resources available to meet those needs. So you get overwhelmed by these needs until you know, Lord, this is, this is what you've called me to do. These are uh, the causes that you've called me to be a part of. These are the relationships that you brought in my life uh, that you want me to be a part of. And anything that comes into this particular focus is a yes. It's an automatic yeah. yes. So for me, I know that means any, any, anybody that's involved in the greater Middle East of those 24 countries, um, including Pakistan, now Afghanistan, any ministry that's a, it's an immediate yes, let me invite you uh, to uh, connect you with one of our portfolio consultants. Any ministry that's in my backyard in Southern California, Inland Valleys, it, it, it's an immediate yes, let me invite you to uh, meet our local area director. It's not from me, I'm inviting you to a table where you, you'll get far more than I could give you. You're coming to a collaborative table of many other people and far more resources than only I have. Let me invite you to that table and see if that's an answer to your prayer. So I love saying yes. I love saying yes. <laughs> that's great. Well, I know that you you get involved uh, more ways than financially in the ministries of which you're a part. And one of those ways is travel. Uh, so I know you've traveled around the world. Once again, we've traveled together. Uh, but why travel? What, what do you learn? <laughs> Uh, well, I, I, a lot of it has to do with personality and experience. And, you know, I studied in Heidelberg, Germany, uh, in, in college and, uh, 
for, for those who uh, have lived abroad for any time of their life, once you get that in, under your skin, it's pretty hard uh, to, to let go of that. Once you know what the, how, how uh, exhilarating it is to eat, uh, to, to live in another culture, eat their food, be a part of their worship, be a part of uh, what God's doing in those cultures, you just, it's hard to come back and say, well, I'm just going to settle in my little town and community. Um, so there, there's definitely a, 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 one, a wanderlust. <laughs> the, the, the ambition of seeing what is God doing uh, in other cultures? How is he at work? And what ways can I be a part of that? Once once you get that under your skin, you're kind of ruined for life. <laughs> yeah. in, in, my, in, in my family, the line is, um, Andy's grumpy if he doesn't have his passport out, know where he's going next. <laughs> um, and so, and I know that that's part personality, but it's also a part of my expectation that when Jesus invited me into the, the life that is truly life 40 years ago, I knew that uh, I I wanted to suck the marrow out of life and 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 do everything that I can with my one and only life uh, to uh, to be a part of whatever God is doing on the greatest scale that I can, that that I, that my faith will allow, um, and that means being a part of something that bigger than this just happening in my backyard. It doesn't mean that what God is doing in my backyard is insignificant. Yeah. It just means that I know that my God is way bigger than that. And I want to be a part of that. So, uh, there's another line that we use, you know, you, you don't really know until you go, um, you can hear, you, you can listen to the yeah. stories, you know, you can get the, the newsletters, but you don't really know until you go. And when you go, then you'll know. That's good. I like that. Uh, so, you know, you obviously get to interact with a lot of organizations, especially through like, uh, mission increase. Um, but let's just uh, a hypothetical. If, if you were given a speaking opportunity to speak to an audience filled with nonprofit leaders, uh, what would you want them to know when it comes to interacting with a potential financial resource partner? Uh, well, I, I would probably uh, reach in my pocket uh, and pull out a quarter if I did, but we're, we're coming into a cashless society, so I'd probably have to pull out a credit card and look at both sides of it. But yeah. uh, if, if you take a look at a coin, right, um, the coin has two sides. Um, and ministry partners and resource partners, I see, are two sides of the same coin, right? What, what every ministry uh, leader knows, is uh, they, they already know, if there's no money, there's no ministry. Somebody has to keep the lights on. Somebody has to pay, um, uh, pay the salary. Somebody has to, even if it's just a couple of fish and loaves, somebody has to provide uh, a checkbook to make things happen. If there's no money, there's no ministry. And, uh, and every ministry partner would say, amen. Yeah. That's obvious, right? What's less obvious uh, it, for resource partners like myself and other people uh, in, uh, in in the marketplace is um, is the profit has to find a purpose beyond itself. The profit has to find purpose. Um, if if the purpose of profit is just to grow and grow and grow, which most business people look at it, um, the, the problem with growth is growth becomes the motto of the cancer cell. Right. Uh, the cancer, the cancer cell just says grow, grow, grow. And then it grows to the place where it kills the organism that, uh, that created it. Um, and you don't want to be the cancer cell. So, uh, so the only way that you can do that is for us as resource partners is we have to connect the profit with which God has blessed us with, with the ultimate purpose. And I believe that ultimate purpose is, has to find its alignment in the great commission through uh, the great commandment, right? Being a part of, uh, the expansion of the gospel through evangelism and discipleship and all those things that in involve the ever-expanding kingdom of God and, and doing that in the context of loving relationships. That's the purpose behind the prophet. Um, and so what my encouragement to ministry partners would be, um, uh, whatever your calling is to do what God's called you to do, that calling includes 
uh, inviting others to come and be a part of whatever it is that God's called you to do that. And the challenge is <laughs> every ministry partner knows what their calling is. Oh, you know, it's in this field, it's in that, it's, it's this cause. But that that calling usually doesn't come with a passion to go ask for friends and family for money. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and, and that's a real uncomfortable thing for uh, a lot of ministry partners. And it's uncomfortable because, um, and I, I, I think it's uncomfortable because they don't understand the biblical picture of the level foot uh, at, at the cross. It's not your ministry. It's God's ministry. And those of us in the marketplace, it's not our business. It's God's business. It's his ministry that he wants his people to bring his resources to help make it happen. And so it's the invitation for ministry partners to invite potential resource partners to come to the table and pray about it. And if God leads you to be a part of what we're doing, let's let God get all the glory. But there's things that only ministry leaders can do with, with resources that only resource partners can provide. And God yeah. gets all of the glory. That's great. That's very helpful. So, so it's not an obligation to ask. It's an opportunity to engage yeah. relationally to bring resources uh, to the table to do what God's called you to do. That's well, I an, think it's, it's, it's an opportunity, it's, not an obligation. Yeah, and I think you've you. I really like the way you've worded um, that. You know, it's it's not my money, it's not my business, and it's not your ministry. Right? We, we've all we both have been entrusted with something from God. That's right. And, and it's it's He's putting us together. Um. Well, that's great. Well, you know, you and I also share a strong mutual interest in Pakistan uh, and for the same reason. And that's Jonathan Mitchell, uh, who, for our listeners, you can go back and listen to an interview previously on this uh, podcast with him. But well, uh, it would be a much better podcast than this one. I would listen to Jonathan. <laughs> any day. Really? Sincerely. I mean, the guy is just filled with insights based on experience. Uh, for years, every time I traveled with Jonathan, I had to have my notebook open just because like, oh my gosh, say that again. Say yeah. that again. He's, he's, he's one of the smartest guys I've ever met. He really is. He's, he's great. But, but you've been to Pakistan. I haven't. Uh, and most of our listeners think of that country as a, a dangerous place, a messy place, you know, but yeah. uh, you fly been, over. Yeah. You fly over it. You sure don't want to land there. Right. <laughs> but you know, you've been there, uh, I, I believe more than once a few times. Uh, but what do you wish Americans, uh, American evangelicals, especially knew about Pakistan? Uh, great question. Um, uh, what do I wish that they knew? Well, um, one, it's an, it's an amazing country. And, and so little that we know about it. Um, uh, my introduction to Pakistan, as you said, came through Jonathan Mitchell, but um, it, it's through the it's through the context of a kingdom investor. As a kingdom investor, what 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 we love to do, what we're called to do, is to create value, move the needle, so to speak, with our with our limited resources. We want to move the needle. Um, one of the most surprising things that I learned about Pakistan. Uh, I, I mean, I think I could have found it on a map, you know, you know, go to India and just kind of go west yeah. right? someplace, someplace over there. Right. Yeah. But uh, but I didn't know anything about it. But I remembered I didn't know anything about the Middle East either before I got involved with SRG. But I did know something about India. And I've been going over back to India seven or eight times. And uh, India is just an amazing, uh, uh, complex mosaic of, of, of a country. And, uh, and, and, uh, and so, so my answer to what I wish they knew about Pakistan, a lot of us know, uh, uh, know certain things about India. India is, is a, this a complex mosaic of sights and smells, and, and it's an assault on the senses, but it's an amazingly gorgeous. And I realized after um, uh, traveling there many, many times that I could spend the rest of my life 
uh, in India and not get my head around India. It's, it's so, it's so amazingly complex. And yet many of us, many of the listeners will be involved in ministries either, uh, um, directly or, or resourcing ministries in India. Um, and the need is, 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 is huge. You know, it's ground central for, you know, what we call the 1040 window of, of these unengaged people groups. So yeah. many people that have never heard the gospel in their language, you know, the, the need is enormous, but if you, if you step out just from a, a resourcing, a financially resourcing perspective, uh, we can see how much resources goes into gospel partnership in India. Um, there's about $3 billion a year that goes into India for all charitable causes. And then you can start back. And we know that because India reports that, right? All the money that goes into India has to get reported uh, by the yeah. government of India. And then you can start backing out the non-gospel related ones, just the, the charitable mm-hmm. causes that, don't, that aren't connected to the gospel. And we can see, I think, uh, 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 with, with, with relative uh, accuracy, seven or $800 million a year going into, uh, in, into India. Now that's a, uh, an incredibly small number for a huge need of 1.2, 1.3 billion people, the majority of who uh, have yeah. not heard the gospel, right? One point, uh, so seven or $800 million a year. So you, you travel across the border to Pakistan, same geographic area, same geographic, uh, uh, same UPG challenges, same mm-hmm. UPG opportunities. It's not 1.2 uh, uh, billion people, but it's still a quarter of a million people live in Pakistan, uh, 96% Muslim majority uh, culture. The, the, the need is, is overwhelming, right? But how much gospel partnership goes into the ministries, many, many ministries that are involved in Pakistan? Well, uh, when we did this uh, 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 research a couple of years ago, we couldn't see more than $7 million a year going into Pakistan, mm. which is to say yeah. uh, the, the figure that I would, I, I would want you to hang your hat on for every dollar that goes into India, which needs to be multiple times that for all the right reasons, yeah. for every dollar that goes into India, a penny goes into gospel partnership in, in, in Pakistan, a penny. Yeah. Now, again, I'm a kingdom investor. I'm looking to create value. And, and there's a reason for that. There's a reason why so few resources make it to Pakistan, because if you had the opportunity to partner in Pakistan, who would you trust? What mm. reasons would you have for trusting to, for, to trust them? And there's probably really good reasons why trust may not be uh, yeah. assumed, right? You know, the, uh, the, the history of corruption and, and uh, not good uh, accountability and not good financial systems and all, all those things that have created uh, the siloing effect for, the, for, for ministry in Pakistan. But uh, what we learned was, you know, you know, Jonathan, who's, you know, third generation missionary, grew up in Pakistan, you know, speaks, has all the connections there. And he said, you know, God is doing an amazing thing in Pakistan. These younger leaders that I'm connected with are asking questions that, um, that uh, the generations before them have not been asking. Well, what are those questions? How, instead of just raising money for my ministry, how can we work together more effectively? How can we collaborate in ways that we can be the body of Christ in Pakistan? Jonathan recognized this is a new set of questions that had not been um, been asked by future generations, uh, and he saw that this w- this was a unique movement of God's Spirit, creating this collaborative spirit amongst this younger generation of, of leaders in Pakistan, who truly are trying to work collaboratively. So, uh, so we we uh, we were invited to come to the table and. And see and be a part of a landscape study that uh, would identify opportunities and challenges for the Pakistan church, um, for the Pakistani church to recognize and for them to study and, and, uh, and, and see this for themselves. And, and us as, 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 as representatives of the global church, let's say, just have the opportunity to be a part of that conversation that they're yeah. having. 
And what I would say is I, we have, we have seen God move in incredible ways of, 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 of raising up and strengthening a, a platform of collaborative uh, networks within Pakistan over the last three, four, five years. That has been so cool uh, to be a part of it, to, to see that um, there are now opportunities to engage strategically in gospel partnership in Pakistan that didn't exist just a few years ago. Yeah. And now with the crisis happening uh, in Afghanistan, uh, it seems to me that, that God has been raising up the Pakistani church to strengthen it, to be able to be in a better place to respond to even the needs uh, of, 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 uh, of uh, major, uh, Muslim background believers in, in yeah. Afghanistan. It's a mess right now, but uh, yeah. the church is there. The church is uh, um, uh, passionate about uh, uh, about their country. They're passionate about uh, living for the kingdom and seeing the, the expansion of the kingdom of God in Pakistan. And there are new growing opportunities for us uh, in the West to be able to partner effectively with them. That's great. Well, that's encouraging to hear. And uh, all the it is has been exciting uh, for me to hear through you and Jonathan Mitchell and others, just all that God is doing in that country. So I'm glad to... Uh, I'm glad that you've got to go there and see those things firsthand. Um, uh, I, I go every year. They they made the mistake of giving me a five-year visa, and I know what that's <laughs> worth. So um, I'll just keep going back until yeah. the government of Pakistan uh, or the Lord says don't. And uh, yeah. so I'm, I'm happy to keep going. Well, but before our conversation ends, Andy, I actually want to encourage you with a, a memory from our relationship that goes back. You actually had a, an influence on me, and it goes back to a conversation we had over breakfast. I think it was Newport Beach. Uh, this is probably five years ago. Uh, anyways, I, I remember telling you, you know, I, I started Roundtree and I, I was sitting there and I said, you know, it's really weird. I was like, I feel bad. I said, I go into rooms with nonprofit execs, you know, organizational to the room with an organization that wants to grow and maybe has bumped into an issue. It's trying to figure out how do we get from where we are to where we want to be. And they bring me in. It's like, and I said this room and I listen, I ask questions. And then I say, well, why don't you do ABC? And people are like, you know, that, I think that's the right idea. I think, I think that does make sense. And, and then they pay me <laughs> and I said, I feel bad. And, and you said something that's always stuck with me. Uh, I know that may sound very uh, simplistic to folks who are listening, but, but you said, uh, well, Andy, what you don't realize is you're the only one in that room in that moment that sees that, that you see the opportunity mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. they don't they don't see, and that's your gift in that moment is to to see the strategic opportunity and see a way to help them leverage it. So wow, well, uh, I, I I don't remember that conversation, <laughs> and uh, it and I love that that thought that 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 thought was not unique to me. That must have been the Holy Spirit um, um, yes. speaking because I just learned from that too, and it's so true that. We, uh, you do play that strategic role in the body of Christ to see what others can't see. And uh, that's called leadership, right? And leadership just uh, says, um, uh, I, I, here's a way forward. Yeah. And it, and here's an initiative that you could take. Uh, yeah. And without that initiative, there's no leadership. So praise God for what you're doing, yeah. Andy. If, so, if, if, if you weren't doing that, how many ministries would not be able to articulate a way forward? Yeah. Well, I'm grateful how God has used me and, and I'm grateful for people. He's put in my life like you. So uh, don't you, don't you love not being in control? All you got to do is just be faithful to the opportunities God puts in front of you and see right. where that leads you. And it's so uh, wonderful to not be I, in control. No, that's a great word because I, you know, obviously I, I you know, some days I'm tempted to be God rather than trust God. And, uh, <laughs> those days don't usually go so well. So yeah. uh, I need to be reminded of that. Wow, I really enjoyed talking to Andy, and I hope you enjoyed listening in. 
You know, just a great reminder, as nonprofit leaders, we often are staring at resources, numbers. Are the resources going to be there? And we think about resources, 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 which, by the way, we should. But just a great reminder from Andy that it's about relationships at the end of the day, and it's relationships that ultimately lead you to resources. And so just a great reminder. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Uh, I wish Andy would put his thoughts together and write a book because uh, it would be great. But in any case, thanks for listening in. Uh, Always drop us a a comment if you would. Go online to your streaming service. Give us a like or review. We appreciate it and look forward to our next conversation here on Next Donor. If you want to learn more about growing donor relationships through strategic communications, make sure you visit roundtreeagency.com. See you again soon.